Tony, we are live on LinkedIn. How's it going, my man? What's going on? Going great, Kyler. Going great, my man. I think, what is this, the third week in a row that we are live? The third, fourth Wednesday. Wow. Fourth Wednesday in a row that we've been doing this. Crazy, eh? We Very started awesome. on um, Remembrance Day. So the 11th. So this is the fourth one. Now we're walking into December. And I, I kind of like this this framework. We should be continuing this on in the new year. I might change it up a bit, but uh, yeah, what do you think so far? I love it. I love it because you know what? I think that we were associating going live on LinkedIn as this big event. Um, <laughs> but I see, a, I saw a lot of uh, people I follow on LinkedIn, you know, going live two, three times a week. So, so that's kind of what I think we should you know, have that attitude of going live on LinkedIn is, is super easy and you got all the bugs worked out now. And I like this uh, Zoom video thing, even though we're in the same office right now, you're like in a completely different other part. Uh, I like the, the participation too. Like, um, I believe uh, we've had what, three developers on with me so far? And we have another uh, developer on with me next week, right? Uh, Nick on next week. Yeah, that's going to be a great, that's going to be a great subject because that is, because we always say, well, what if your developer gets hit by a car and Nick actually got hit by a car? Uh, he's been with us for 10 or 11 years. And I'm so looking forward to talking about that whole experience uh, that he had getting hit by a car outside of the office, outside of our office. And the fact that we weren't set up for someone to actually get hit by a car as far as like passwords and access. So that event actually made us enact a lot of uh, internal controls. Mm -hmm. So I'm really glad that, I was a little worried. I wasn't sure he'd want to do it, um, but I'm really glad that he's doing it because live is not that easy, right? Yeah, it can be tough, but like you said, you know, we were overthinking it a lot. And now that we're kind of in this pace, it's become a lot easier. And like you said, people are participating and reaching out with questions, which is awesome. So, you know, I want to take this opportunity and ask you guys if you have any questions on the topic that we're talking about today, uh, please feel free to write comments on the left screen here. You can't see, but I'm managing the live so I can look at your comments, make sure we're interacting with you guys. And then I'm on the call with Tony here. So we really want to make this conversational, really want you guys to be a part of this um you know and, and participate you know we that's what we want out of this is to bring value and for you guys to participate so without further ado tony right. how's you're doing it? great by the way kyler you're doing great you're doing uh you've been monitoring these uh being the monitor the moderator uh all this time uh, how has that been do you find you worked out all the bugs since the first couple of uh of broadcasts like you you totally on cruise control now I think so. I'm getting a lot more comfortable. Uh, I know the first uh, few ones I was quite stressed. The stress level was high. My yeah, face was pink. You know, yeah. right now it looks kind of yellow because of the light, but it was totally red. But yeah, it's getting a lot easier as we do more and more in these. It's been getting a lot easier. So and uh, people have been very kind. You know, they forgive the little, uh, you know, mess ups and stuff. So people are our community is just awesome. So it's yeah, been really cool. super positive. Uh, hopefully that continues today. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and uh, be as uh, as cool and and the, the I think I think the most important thing I'm gonna try and concentrate is is if I throw shade on the freelance community, I'm also gonna give some advice from someone that's been in doing this for 11 years and, and advice on how you could actually improve your your offering. So I want to make sure that I have like a positive. Uh, I've already gotten a little bit of hate mail. Um, which is cool. Um, it could be justified. One email I got about 15 minutes ago um, called me out because I didn't specify that some freelancers are awesome, which is totally true. So I appreciate that email. I didn't reply to that person yet, but I will. Yeah, and some agencies are not great and some agencies are great. I mean, you can take that yeah. same concept in any... It's really hard to dissect you know, text and that's why live is so perfect. You can see where we're coming from and kind of like yeah. our thoughts around it, right? So. Absolutely. Awesome. So let's sure. get into this topic. This Bye. is a very interesting topic around the differences between staffing up when you're looking at an agency versus a freelancer. 
And what I want to ask you, Tony, is what are the key differences between these two things? Because obviously people know what staffing up is, and but I want to know what are the key differences, and then maybe we can walk in later on into some tips on maybe how freelancers or agencies can better themselves with this process. So first off, the key differences, if you can maybe highlight that for us to kick us off with this uh, live. Okay, that's, um, so great, great question. The key differences, there are several. Um, I think what's important to realize with a freelancer is that you're dealing with an individual um, in every sense of the meeting. So you're dealing with a freelancer who, if they disappear, um, or if they start hating you, um, or if they become problematic, um, disappearing, whether intentionally or not, um, is a major issue. So over the years, over the past decade, I've experienced a, a big influx of calls from people who are stuck with that one person, that, that, that one developer that, that has all the knowledge, that one developer that has the keys to the castle, and the relationship is not necessarily going well, and the business owners want to make a change. So I think, I think the advantage with using an agency or a company that has a management and ownership and they sell you services is that if something does happen with that specific resource, you can speak to the company owner, you can speak to the project manager of that company, and it's their problem, you know? Mm. Uh, there are, there are uh, times when you need that extra person to contact and say, hey, you know what, Johnny is not about, he's not replying to me, he's not cutting it anymore. I need help, Mr. Company Owner. I need help, Mr. Project Manager. Um, so I think, I think I would call out that one first. If I am, if I am, if, and, and a lot of people end up in this situation, um, everyone has good intentions. If I'm a startup, I go out on the freelance platforms and I hire a freelancer. I don't even know if I'm going to succeed. Um, but when I do, because it happens often, a lot of people succeed. Um, sometimes you've got to move away from that person. It could, could often be problematic. Mm. Um, why, why is it problematic? Like I'm trying to think, um, hiring a freelancer in an agency, you know, you, you, you touched on something. I just want to uh, reiterate a little bit more that you're stuck with that person. Like, uh, like walk us through that. How am I stuck with a freelancer? Is it because they, you know, uh, how much control we give up? Like, what's that look like? If you have if you have a freelancer with a with a great attitude with a professional attitude which they do exist um, and you get to a point in the road where your company has decided look we've we've grown past the point where we have that one developer working for us um, so we need to move to a firm for whatever reason there could be security reasons there could be um, that they don't appreciate each other anymore. Um, if you're dealing with a freelancer who's very professional, open attitude, says no problem, I will allow access to other developers, because that's another thing too. Often the freelance the developer is the only one with um, the keys to the castle. So if you have someone who has, and I will call out, there are some great professional freelancers out there. My, my friend who emailed me a little while ago made me realize that. If you have someone with that open professional attitude and spirit, then it's not a problem. But often is the case that that person becomes um, protective, uh, becomes demanding. And sometimes the reason why a company is looking to hire someone else is because they're not enjoying the vibe with, with this developer. There's always a reason. So. Uh, to get back to your initial question, um, I think that's probably one of the big challenges with with having, uh, you know, all of your business when it comes to the software development part, relying on that one freelancer. Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, we've done a video on this in the past about um, people giving up the keys to the castle, as you mentioned, right? To this one person. And if they leave for whatever reason, because things happen, COVID, you know, you're caught in a pickle, you know? And, and so we've talked about this in the past and you're bringing it up again. So it's so, so important. And in the spirit of, of, of trying to give constructive advice to a freelancer, what I would do, um, what I would advise, if, if you are a freelancer, you set it up in a way so that the company owners actually own the code. They actually own their business. You do that from, from the start. So don't forget, when a, when a company is calling a freelancer, you're, you're strangers at this point. Um, when you call out as a freelancer, when you call out these specific things, you're also at the same time giving security to your prospective client. For example, if you tell your new prospective client that, hey, the Bitbucket account is going to be in your company, you are the one that are going to have um, uh, admin credentials. Mm -hmm. You are the one that is going to add me to your project. And you call out, you say, if anything ever happens to me, you're okay because you have access to everything and you can just add another developer onto the project yourself because you are in control. As a freelancer, you should say that right away at the beginning of the project because you are inadvertently telling your prospect that, hey, you're going to be in good hands that I as a freelancer can never hold you hostage. Mm. Super, super, super important. That's what I would do. If I was a freelance developer, developer, the first thing I would do is make sure that the company owner knows that if he works with me, that he, if he or she works with me, they are the ones that are going to have master control of the code base. They are the ones that are in charge of uh, GitHub or Bitbucket or whatever it is. Super important. Um, the same thing if you want to talk about how a freelancer can compete with an agency or a company like Simply PHP. Um, they can also talk about non-disclosure agreements straight up, straight mm. up. Want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think so because it's so important, like you said, like you're making the customer feel like there's no risk associated with working with them. I think that's a big thing that you're talking about. The topic of today, really, at least of what we're discussing as of right now, is that risk factor, right? There's a sense of uncertainty and unknown when you're going with a freelancer versus an agency um, because of that reputation or that one person or everything that we've mentioned. So yeah, let's walk and talk about, you know, the next step and next tip for freelancers to combat and, and really um, try to level up their, their experience with their customers. Exactly, because as, as a, like whenever, most of the time when someone wants to hire Simply PHP, they, I'm the first person that they're going to speak to. And I'm going to hit all these boxes, by the way. I'll blow the freelancers out of the water. <laughs> so this is how a freelancer can improve their game in order to compete with me. Because it's going to be difficult to compete with me for sure. Um, so um, project <laughs> control, super, super, super important. Okay, so from the get-go, you give up control as a freelance. You, you give up control. Why would you want control of, of the business? It doesn't belong to you, right? Mm -hmm. So make sure that you call out that uh, Bitbucket, GitHub, whatever um, code repository you're going to be set up. Uh, it's the client that has control. Um, right from the get-go, before you get into details with a prospect, send them a pre-signed non-disclosure agreement. This mm. is super important. You will stand out from your competition mm. as a freelance developer because no one does that. Okay? Mm. You contact a freelance developer, it's, it's the last thing on the mind. This is one thing that makes you stand out. So it makes you, it gives the client or the potential client that security that, okay, this is a professional person, I'm getting a non-disclosure agreement. Or you can sign, you could actually ask the prospect, do you have a non-disclosure agreement you'd like me to sign before we start getting into details? Boom. Mm. Standing up, head and shoulders above everybody else because no one does that. Do you know of any stories, like horror stories of clients? I know you can't get into details, but horror stories of clients that 
maybe someone try to steal their code or, you know, because they didn't sign that non-disclosure agreement. Like, I just want to really hit home why this is so important. Yeah, the biggest story I know is one of our current clients had their, they actually hired, and this is even funnier, they hired an agency, a U.S. agency. And that agency actually um, took their code, got it up and running, and started competing with their own client in the same space. Anyway, it ended up it ended up in a court battle. I will not mention any names. Mm-hmm. It ended up in a court battle. Our client won, and but it it was a nightmare that he that he, that he had to go through. But you know there, there was there was non-disclosure agreements. There was there was contracts in place, and that's why that's why the person won. But back to a freelancer standing out uh, above your competition, you have to do what we do. And before we get into any details, I'd like to send you a non-disclosure agreement. Um, as a freelancer, you probably don't have one, so ask them if they have one. Before we get into details. Do you have a non-disclosure agreement you'd like me to review and sign? Um, and that's that's huge. Hmm. Wow. Any other tips we can really share for freelancers? Because uh, one thing that's popping up in my head is competing with the volume and the number of developers an agency will have, right? If I'm just one guy, as an example, I, I'm not a developer, but if I was, I'm competing against you know maybe five or 10 or 30 developers. Is there any tips that you can share around, and maybe we can't, maybe you just can't compete with that many people, but how can they level up their game and make sure that they're competing with these agencies? It's difficult because if you are, if you're one person, um, you know, freelance developer working on your own, uh, if something happens to you, mm-hmm. you know, who's gonna, who's gonna take over your stuff, right? Uh, nobody. Um, so that's a hard obstacle to overcome, except I'll go back to the beginning where you can sort of, um, give your client a little bit of this, a little bit of security with the, uh, Bitbucket or GitHub scenario where you can always say, look, if anything ever happens to me, the code is all there. You can easily pick up the phone call another freelancer or call another company and get them access to everything. Of course, there will be a ramp up time and all of that stuff that is just normal. But if you look at it compared to if you do not have your clients set up properly on GitHub, I'll use GitHub as an example. Mm -hmm. If you do not have your clients set up properly on GitHub and everything is under your control and something happens to you, yeah, your your clients done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, complete toast. So, great question. How can a freelancer compare with an agency such as ours? Because we do have, you know, many developers, and people are aware of everyone's project. We have little pods that you know. So, if anything happens to one specific person, then someone else will jump in. There's no there's no major impact to the client, but the way that you can kind of deflect that as a freelancer is making sure that the company owners mm. are the ones with access to GitHub so that they can just invite another developer into the code base. Hmm. Question. Thank you. We have a couple uh, comments. I'm just going to read off Tony and uh, our amazing Rico, our designer, uh, always engaging with our content. Thank so, you, Rico. We have to pretend he's a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> So makes, there's two Ricos. <laughs> Rico, so he he commented the biggest problem about freelancers is that they need to be a developer, a manager, uh, manager finance, the infrastructure, a system admin, etc. And the day continues with 24 hours needing to be correctly used. What do you think about this? Yeah, it, it's difficult. If you're a company that's hired a freelancer and you're expecting that freelancer to do everything. So let's say they're, they're, a, they're a PHP developer. You're, if you're expecting that that resource to do everything because you as a client cannot afford to hire some other resources, then 
you, your expectations shouldn't be like uh, over the roof. You know, you should you should realize that your developer is not a sysadmin. Uh, your developer is not a designer per se. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, hiring hiring an agency, obviously, like us, for example, I think we're up to forty one developers, forty one PHP developers, uh, one designer, two sysadmins. Uh, so, you know, we have access to to other resources, but yeah, it's it's if a client if a client needs some sysadmin done work done, if their resource their one and only resource can't handle it, they have to obviously look mm -hmm. for it. Well, that's another advantage, I guess. I didn't mm -hmm. think of that. And another thing too is that the freelancer has to manage their business on top of developing. So they yeah. in it eight or a longer hour day, they may not be able to devote the full eight hours towards developing that project because they need to spend an hour um, invoicing. They need to spend, you know, maybe half an hour looking at emails and prospecting and all the other avenues that comes with, well, a business or managing being self-employed, right? Yeah, that's another point. If you, if you, for example, have a, have a freelance developer that you're not giving 40 hours a week to, or you're not, you're not making it, making a system that he doesn't, he or she doesn't have to look for other work, then you are going to have a developer that is only one phone call away from seeing something else across the street and leaving. Them. So, um, like I said, uh, there is a vast number of, of freelance resources that will get other work and will leave you, but will transition properly, which, which basically, look, I got to give you two weeks notice now. I've got, I've got offered a job at Google. Uh, so I'm out of here. Mm. Uh, but the professional ones will give you a nice transition period. And you know what, if they don't, then it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge. I know us as a company, when we hire uh, a new, let's say developer, um, we totally respect if they need to give a couple weeks notice to their, to their current people, you know, that's, that's only common courtesy and it bodes well on them. It, uh, it reflects well on them that they do that. Mm -hmm. Another comment, um, I just want to bring up, what should a freelancer do if they want to become an employee or start their own company and start hiring a team? Well, the first question, what would they do if they want to become an employee at a, at a company or an agency? I believe so. Yeah. You're, you're in, I've got good news for you. You're in high demand. So just, yeah, just, uh, have a good, have a good CV, have an excellent CV. Make sure that your awesome CV uh, is, a, is a mirror image of your awesome LinkedIn profile. Uh, so we did a video with uh, my cousin Nick Deposi a few weeks ago. Uh, you can dig that up probably on YouTube. If you go to Simply PHP on YouTube and you'll see, um, man, that was a crazy hour of how to fix your LinkedIn profile for success. Um, that was great. Um, but yeah, listen, in North America, if you're, if you're a, a software developer and you want to work for a company, uh, it's, it's, you're in demand right now. What was the second one? If you want to start, start your, your own, own company and start building a team, start your own company and start building a team. If you have the, if you have the work to, you know, warrant starting to add, starting to add resources, then, uh, why not? You know, it's, uh, it's great, but there's a few things, there's a few things that you have to do, uh, in order to stand out from the crowd. And I like to talk about risk reversal often, uh, those two words, risk reversal, something that, um, my business partner, Raf and I learned from, uh, the mighty Jay Abraham, um, one of, uh, one of our, our major business coach. Um, many, many years ago, we learned, uh, we learned about risk reversal and risk reversal is too often. First of all, any client that's going to be contacting you, you have to know that they're also contacting three or four other people, right? Yes. They're shopping. Yeah. There's no one that's going to put all their eggs in one basket and take the, whoever they find and say, okay, I have to work with this person. They're, they're, they're going to be going, they'll have three or four people. And, 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 and the trick is how do you 
stand out from the crowd. Right. And risk reversal is, is a big part of it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by risk reversal in this industry, there's so much uh, pay me in advance going on. There's mm -hmm. so much risk that a client has to take on to hire you, you know? Like, what do you mean I have to pay a couple of weeks in advance? You know, why, why would I do that, right? So risk reversal is if you have confidence in your ability to deliver on this specific project, because that's something, you know, you have to, have to think about. Um, you got to take on projects that you can actually deliver on. That's super important. Um, there's no reason to collect money in advance. You know, you, let, let's say you give yourself a week so you'll say, listen, Mr. Prospective Client, I know a lot of other freelancers and companies are asking you to um, put up money in advance. I'm not going to ask you that because I'm confident that I'm going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying work for months and months uh, without getting paid, but work a week. A week's not going to kill you. If, if this prospect is very uh, attractive to you in a sense that you have a good vibe from them, the work that they need done is something that you know you can deliver on, you can say, look, whatever I do from Monday to Friday, I'm going to invoice you on Monday, pay me the next day or a couple of days later. Mm -hmm. That's practicing risk reversal. And again, you're going to stand out from the crowd. And you're putting the client's needs ahead of your own. You know, you're, you're putting them at the pedestal. This is you necessarily, right? So I really like that, that you talked about that. I think that's a great tip for someone looking to build more of a team around their freelance kind of a, uh, career right now absolutely and, and guess what you're going to be the only one doing it if, if you say right away okay listen before we get into details you have a non-disclosure for me to a non-disclosure agreement for me to, to sign you get that out of the way then you explain the github thing right the bitbucket thing just so you know mr client mrs client Ms. client sorry just so you know you're the one that's going to be in control mm -hmm. you and you can add and remove me as you wish. You can add new resources. I will never hold any control over you. Mm -hmm. No one else is going to say that to them. Also, you don't have to give me a deposit. You don't have to pay me in advance. I'm super confident that I'm going to deliver. I'm super confident that you're going to be happy. Um, but again, don't obviously don't let it drag on for months. I would say on a weekly basis. So whatever you do from Monday to Friday, invoice the following Monday, get the payment. So your, your risk as a developer looking to attract a new client is, is one week's work, but make sure, make sure that you can deliver. So if it's something that you're like, Oh, I don't know if I can take this on. It doesn't look, it might be a little bit too advanced for me. Mm -hmm. um, or it might be a programming language I'm not familiar with or a framework I'm not familiar with. Then you got to kind of step away or, or just be honest mm -hmm. and say, look, uh, if you can't find anyone else, I could try, but I'm not guaranteeing success. It, is that another suggestion for these tips? Because now we're on the topic of giving freelancers tips on how they can compete with an agency, right? Would yeah. you say training yourself more in project management, more in customer service would be a tip for freelancers to better compete uh, with an agency because of all these tips that you're saying? Um, would that be a suggestion uh, like that you would recommend? I think just being real and actually um, looking after the client's best interest mm -hmm. uh, is all you need to do. Once you have that in mind, then everything else will come naturally. So you don't need to learn how to close deals. Uh, you know, your three-step system on how to close a deal. It, you don't need any of that crap. Mm. All you need to do is like, okay, what is the best interest of the client? And I know it sounds a little bit fluffy because um, everyone says that we have the client's best interest uh, at the forefront of our blah, blah, blah. If you are really looking after that client's best interest, they will know it. They will, they will be able to tell mm -hmm. that, okay, this, this person is genuine. Just like the other way, if you don't have, if someone, if I'm talking to someone and I want to hire someone for services and I, I can sense if they're, if they don't have my interest at heart, I can sense it. Everyone can sense it. And you just say, okay, yeah, I'll think about it. I'll call you back. And you just, you know, so it, to, to respond, I don't think there's any type of training. 
that a freelancer needs to close deals mm. other than having that client's best interest always always okay how do i set it up so that you know they they know that i'm not going to steal their intellectual property how do i set it up so that they know if something happens to me their business will continue mm. even or not there are so many businesses out there that are doing well but everything is resting on one person's shoulders so mm. that's that's the obstacle that freelancers have to to get over so by giving your client control of their code repository you're checking a couple boxes mm-hmm. right you're giving them control that they know that no one can ever hold them hostage and you're also giving them that um, peace of mind that they know if something happens to you or you disappear or you get sick or anything like that that they have options mm-hmm. and this year is the best example of that right i mean no one expected covid to happen right and if you have one person on that and they get sick or something goes wrong with their family, uh, you know, your business is in jeopardy, unfortunately, right? Um, if you're riding on one person. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, COVID has uh, changed the thinking of a lot of business owners. So a lot of business owners are more open to remote resources. So that will work in freelancers' favor. Yeah. Freelancers' favor. Um, but they do have a lot of uh, challenges to to overcome when competing with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if they if they if they follow those those guidelines, it will definitely help. So we've gone over the difference between agency staffing up from an agency versus a freelancer. We've given tips for freelancers on how they can compete with an agency. Is there anything else you can think of before I move over to my next question around the differences or at all advice that we could give to a freelancer looking to compete with someone like us? Um, kind of to finish and wrap up just this one question. I think, um, I think um, the biggest, not the biggest, I think the last thing I would add is that uh, make sure that you can deliver on a project that you that you take on, um, and if you're not sure, then be open and honest uh, that you're not sure. But um, yeah, I think no, I think I think we've covered, you know, yeah. shooting out or not shooting out or signing their non-disclosure agreement. Oh, another one would be um, make sure that you make it very easy for them to work with you. It has to be it has to be seamless so um if you're in a foreign country uh you're gonna have to sign an agreement that where the laws are governed by your clients who's presumably in north america so i'm i'm, I'm presuming your client's going to be in north america so there's that you just gotta you have to make it seamless and easy for um for a prospective client to make the decision to work with you but yeah, asking them for a non-disclosure agreement or sending your own, if you happen to have your own, right away, bam, that puts you above the competition. Mm-hmm. Um, explaining the code repository system and the fact that they are gonna be in charge of their own code. No one is ever gonna be holding anything against them, uh, against their will, bam, that's huge, huge, huge. Mm. Um, not, not, requiring uh big payments in advance again you're going to stand out um, among the competition like i said make it a week so monday to friday i'm going to invoice you monday this way the client feels that they're not throwing money and gambling and hoping that they have the right person mm-hmm. i yeah. love that that's okay. awesome that's Thank awesome you. so we've gone through the differences we've gone through the tips my next question for you tony is yeah. around process. So let's say I need to hire or staff up three developers ASAP, like next week. What's the process? Like what, what is the keys to success in order to get that, to make that happen? So, I mean, uh, so if, if you are a business owner that is looking for whatever reason to staff up three developers, you want them to start next week. You got it. You got it. I'm a business owner. I want to staff up. Uh, cause we're on the topic, right? And what's the process? So 
Uh, process or advice, um, and again, I am giving my advice from 11 years uh, of doing this, right? They say that it takes 10 years to be a master at something. Well, I've been doing it for 11 years. So <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. Um, but I think, uh, okay, so what would I do? What would I do if I, if I was looking to have three um, PHP developers start on my project next week. So I guess it's a staff hog situation. Um, obviously I would go with an agency uh, slash company that provides PHP services, all right? Not a recruiting firm that's going to, you know, give me three resources and then hope for the best. And if one doesn't work, take them in and out. Like I'm, I, I wouldn't go, I would definitely go for, obviously I would go for a company like Simply PHP. Why? Because, first of all, I would make sure that I am able to speak to the owner of the company, one of the owners of the company, or a C-level executive of that company. My first bridge into that company, I got to speak to somebody senior who has accountability, because if something happens that I'm not happy, I'm going to be able to pick up the phone and talk to that business owner and say, look, you sold me on this. I'm not exactly getting this. I would like to find a way to improve. And that business owner should be like 100% motivated to, to either save me <laughs> or help me improve my, my situation with the company. Um, after that's done, uh, I need my technical people to talk to your technical team. So I, will, I would never accept, okay, Tony, we have three resources that are gonna start on Monday. Mm -hmm. um, these are their emails. Them to um, Git repo. Um, that's not going to happen. My, let's say my, I'm assuming if I'm staffing up with three, uh, that I need three uh, PHP developers. I'm, I'm assuming I have a CTO. I'm assuming I have a lead developer or lead developers. That's normally what happens. They need to speak to each one of the resources that you're going to propose to me, and they have to like them. So they they have to really because they're going to be part of my team, right? They're going to be a, a part of the, the, the client's team. Mm -hmm. So they need to they need to feel confident, okay, these three are the right resources for us. So let's spend the time. Let's, let's get this going. Mm -hmm. Maybe two of the three are going to be good. Maybe they don't like the third person. Maybe the third person, ah, they're a little bit too junior for me or the communication's not there. So let's propose another. The first two, great. Let's propose another third one. This is what, if I was the buyer, if I was the client, mm -hmm. that's 100% something that has to happen, okay? Because what, what'll happen, and, and I'm always honest with, with my potential clients, that if you need three resources to start next week, you're not getting my three, you're not getting the three resources that I think are a perfect fit for you. I'm gonna be honest. Mm -hmm. They might be working on another project, so I'm not gonna grab them off another project, I, I'm literally going to give you who in my company I think is the best fit for your company, your project, mm -hmm. who happens to also be available, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, so this, this is, this is how, so as, um, as a buyer of, uh, or as a client who needs to staff up, top two things, make sure you have a relationship with the company owner or someone with a C in front of their title, CEO, CTO, uh, COO, um, super important. Make sure that your technical team is comfortable with the resources that are being proposed to you. You don't want to waste time, right? If, mm -hmm. if someone's not a fit, even after a half an hour or an hour, I'm not saying put them through all kinds of crazy tests, but just have a talk with them, ask them a couple of key questions about perhaps the framework that you're using just to make sure that, okay, after a half hour conversation, I think that Johnny's gonna be a good fit. Let me talk to, you know, if there's a second or third that you that you need, super important. Also, number three, uh, I would like the option that if one of those people, uh, and, I, and again, we're sticking with three, but it could be one. Uh, but if one of those three is not working out, I want the option to give you a call and say, look, Two of the three are great. This third one, not cutting it. Either provide me another resource proposal, propose mm -hmm. me another person, 
or you know what, we're good with two. Like I want that flexibility. Uh, I don't want, as a business owner, I wouldn't want to shoehorn myself into this very restrictive, no, these are the three resources you're gonna have for the next six months, you can't do anything about it. I would look for that flexibility. Which so you is, need an influx of communication, it sounds like, right? Because you're communicating with the C-level executive, you're communicating with the developers. I mean, there's so much interaction. You're, you're building, looks like a relationship. It's not a you know straightforward transaction is what I'm hearing from you, Tony. Um, yeah. How important is communication is in this process? It's huge. Uh, it's huge. It's not like you're getting someone uh, to move tables from one side of the room to the other. You, you actually need someone um, that you know you can you, you feel good about communicating with. Um, um, someone who actually also fits in with your team. I'll give you an example. If your team is meeting on a weekly basis and there's ten people on the Zoom call. Those three resources are going to be a part of those 10 people. So they got to be able, when it's their turn, they got to be able to, you know, just fit in properly with, 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 with the technology that's being used, with the, with the communication. Um, very, very important. It's just like hiring. It's, it's like hiring a full-time staff mm -hmm. with tremendous flexibility. So that's definitely something that my people would be looking for if we're looking to staff up. Mm. Uh, flexibility is huge. We have many clients that come up against um, whether there are obstacles or good news that they need, or they, they need to either reduce um, their, their footprint with us or they need to increase their, their footprint with us. Mm. So I like, I like that flexibility. Like, for example, um, last week I got a, an email from one of, our, one of our clients saying, hey, instead of three developers, I'm only going to need two starting next week. No problem. You know, this, this, this is the flexibility that we offer. So that's what I would be looking for. I would not be looking for some very restrictive, uh, you know, 30 or 60 day notice if you want to drop yeah. a resource. I want to be able to add resources too. Back uh, to your point, Tony, you're putting the client's interests above yours. You're putting the client first with that scenario, right? That's another way that these freelancers can compete. You put them first. As you said, if I'm a business, and hey, I don't need that third guy this week. I need two. No problem. You you get it done. And the risk is is out of my hands. I feel good. Yeah, exactly. Flexibility is huge. Um, the same thing. Um, so that's that, so that's three that I hit so far, right? Yeah. Um, the fourth, I would say, payment terms, right? So I'm not paying for anything in advance. I'm sorry, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> so. So whether I'm on a weekly clip or a monthly clip, um, you know, if I'm, you know, with Simply PHP, we, we have uh, accounts receivable insurance. So, you know, if a, if a client is, is established, it um, has a pulse, we can get them insured uh, so that we can, we can invoice monthly uh, without a problem. Um, if not, we do a weekly invoicing thing, but nothing is ever in it. So anything we do from Monday to Friday, we send out an invoice the following Monday, send us a check, whatever. This is something that I would be looking for as well. I would never, ever, ever, ever pay for anything in advance. Mm. Because there's, look, there's, if I had no choice, okay, I would. There's some services we have that are minor subscription services through platforms or whatever, you have to give them a credit card and pay events. But when it comes to software development, you know, especially when you're um, dealing with unknowns, like you're dealing with a company mm. or a freelancer that is unknown to you, like the salesperson will sell you, the salesperson will <laughs> knows all the words to the say. Super charming, yes. <laughs> yeah. But as I always say, you know what, I can be sold on anything or I can sell you on, on my services. I've been doing it for over a decade. But it's all about the person that's sitting in that chair. It's all about that that resource, that that person, that human that mm. sits in a chair. If they if they can't cut it, well, what happened, Mr. Sales Guy? I thought that you were the top one percent of uh, developers in the world. Like this guy sucks. <laughs> so it's important that 
It's important that people realize that get past the salespeople, get past company ownership. And once you do that, it's all about that person that's going to be sitting in that chair. Are they a right fit? First few days, are they, are they able to set up their environment properly? Are they, are they communicating well? This is key. Mm. I love that, Tony. I mean, you hit so many things. And, and, and again, this is also advice for freelancers to hear how we do business, right? And how they can adopt these and level up their experience and their, their customer experience as a freelancer. So uh, I love what you're saying. Um, I'm just looking at the comments really quick to see if we have any more yeah. questions. Take a sip of water. <laughs> Drinking beautiful uh, green tea. <laughs> so um, let's see. So I have another question. Do you think a company can hire their own employees as freelancers for extra income? Um, or this might bring some disorder into the regular workday? Uh, repeat that again. Do I think a company? So, yeah, sorry. It, it, do you think that a company can hire a freelancer kind of like an employee um, if that's a, a good way to go? Or this, or will this bring disorder to the regular workday? Uh, who's the company? Like, So the company is like a, an agency that's providing programming services to their clients or are we talking about the actual client i think what they're trying to say is the actual client from what i'm reading um i think they're trying to say so if i want to hire a, you know a freelancer as a part of their services so i'm offering services um i want to hire a freelancer so that i can compete with an agency um i think is what they're trying to say um as I'm reading the comment, but um, maybe what we can do is if you can clarify your question for us, you can repeat it in the comments um, and we can properly uh, you know, answer this question for you or send us a private message and we can maybe get back to you that way. Yeah, I think uh, just let's, it's stimulating. Uh, I can, I can kind of cover both. So here at Simply PHP, we only hire full-time employees. So we don't subcontract for, um, outsource development work. So we take on clients, we provide PHP development services, we provide resources to those clients. Those resources are all located in Canada and are, are, and are our full-time employees. Uh, now a company that instead of hiring us um, wants to hire a full-time employee, of course that's, that's an option. Normally when they come looking around with a company, an agency, a company like Simply PHP or a freelancer, it's because they've made that decision. Okay, we don't want to hire another full-time employee. There could be many reasons for that. Flexibility is probably a huge one. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're not sure how long they're going to need this extra resource. They don't want to hire someone and then let them go uh, a few months later. Because often when you hire someone, you 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 force them to leave a job, right? And, you know, you don't want to you don't want to hire someone, force them to leave a job, and then let them go a few months later. Mm -hmm. um, there could also be the fact that they actually can't find um, the right people, you know, in their town or in in their in their network. It happened. Uh, we had a, we had another client that was um, desperately searching a, a CTO, and he wanted that CTO to be in his town. He was in a pretty big town in the U.S., pretty big city, I should say. And he wanted him, he wanted that CTO to be coming to his office every day, be his right hand, but he mm -hmm. wasn't able to find, wasn't not able to find a CTO in this major US city. Um, so that could be another reason why a company will outsource to a company like ours or also look on the, on the freelancer. Okay. You know, what I'm noticing a lot during our conversation is that we're kind of hitting on four or five of the same points for both mm -hmm. parties, right? Keeping the customer in mind, uh, that risk reversal, making sure that the, the client or the prospective client is not feeling at risk, making sure that you're not asking for money up front. Like it's almost the same. It's the same tips for both of these people just to bring the customer the most value. 
it's kind of what I'm taking from, you know, almost an hour long conversation with you, Tony, and learning a lot as uh, kind of the same and similar um, themes to this overall uh, kind of interview and, and live stream. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point, Kyler. And I think that if, if someone wants to compete, so if a freelancer wants to compete with the advantages of using an agency, that's what you got to do. You got to have the client's um, needs and feelings at heart by covering those steps that I mentioned, which is, you know, non-disclosure agreement, make sure that they're in control of their, of their repo. Um, risk reversal. Think of those two magic words. If you practice risk reversal in your offering, you will stand out from your competition and and like the other uh, person asked, can I, can I create a company and start hiring other people to work for me? Yes, if you, if you practice risk reversal whenever you're talking to prospects, you're gonna have to hire more people because you're gonna be standing out from your competition. Awesome. Well, yeah. Tony, um, this has been really, really informative, really, really great conversation. I'm just making sure that I'm looking at, at any more comments I don't see um, any more questions, just people commenting, hello, hi, you know, thanks, all sorts of stuff. But we're coming up to the end of the hour. I'm sure people want to go eat some lunch. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Is there any final? Tyler, explain what we're doing next week with, uh, with Nick, maybe. If you want to wrap it up here. Sure. Well, uh, you said it in the beginning, but yeah, we're going to be explaining uh, the story of one of our senior developers got into a, a very terrible car accident and what happens when the person that is managing your web development is out, is not there, is out for the count, either sick, not available. Uh, and we're going to be talking about that process and that story. So super excited for that. Yeah. Uh, that'll be next Wednesday as well. Um, uh, we'll figure out the timing if it's the same time or not. So stay tuned for that. Um, but we're going to keep this trend of every Wednesday, um, going to be delivering these live stream for you guys. Um, and if you have any feedback, any questions, feel free to comment on this live stream, send us a private message. We are totally open and, and welcome your feedback and welcome your questions. And we'll try to get back to you as soon as possible. Um, just thank you for listening. And Tony, any final thoughts before we uh, sign off? No, I'll just echo. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, yeah, looking forward to next week's uh, Hit by a Bus uh, episode where we cover the bus factor as it happened with us several years ago with, uh, with Nick. And really looking forward to uh, having Nick on here and uh, See how, uh, see how nervous he is or nervous he isn't. It's going to be good. <laughs> awesome, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. And Tony and I are signing out. Take care.